Welcome to another episode. My name is Carla Mina. I'm a residential real estate broker with Compass. It is always a pleasure to hang out with you guys every other Thursday here in WGN studio. How are you doing, Mr. Joel? Hey, guys. It's WGN. We're live, and what we're doing is elevating your real estate IQ right before the holidays. we got Thanksgiving coming up next week. Uh, Carla, are you a turkey girl? What do you, what do you have for Thanksgiving? When you ask, are you a turkey <laughs> yeah. girl? Are you asking if I'm cooking? Yeah, I okay. mean, do you cook? So, about that. Hi, Tammy. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. a working mom. How dare you yeah. put me on the spot? Let's do it. <laughs> that means I don't cook, you guys. Everybody knows that. Yeah. How are you, Tammy? I'm doing well, and I don't cook Thanksgiving dinner either, so we're, <laughs> we're busy boat. women. He just puts us on the spot, because are you cooking? No, we're going to be traveling. We're going to be out oh, skiing in Denver, and there'll be some cooking, but it's going to be one of the years off. Off. That is awesome. Well, for all of you guys, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And thank you for sharing this evening with us. Today, we have an amazing lineup for you. We have Mr. Josh Lipton from Compass. Oh, my office. <laughs> Love him dearly. He's going to talk today about the luxury market. So if you're marketing, if you're marketing your property this holiday season, you want to know how to market and get it off the market right away because that is a tough, tough marketplace. Um, we also have Ami who's going to talk about, uh, did she say going green, but not that kind of green. I'm talking about, you know, the other kind of green. So stay tuned because she's going to tell you how to win in that game in real estate. Uh, we also have later on a business highlight. You'll be so excited to learn from this amazing guy who has been selling a lot of steaks in the city of Chicago and has been nominated. Uh, his restaurants, four of his restaurants have been nominated. Uh, one of the top 100 restaurants or four of the top 100 restaurants in Chicago. I may have screwed that up, but you're going to hear directly from him. And if you're a rest- restaurateur, you're going to want to know how he's doing it. And our very own Rebecca Borge is coming back in the studio and she's got gifts for us, holiday gifts. So you have to stay tuned to learn how to live your life with Plant Happy. And at the end, as always, we have Mr. Tony P from Tony P Events, who's going to tell us what's going on in the scene this weekend. So, guys, do we have anything? What's going on in the trenches? It's a luxurious show. I think we're getting ready. Let's just kind of relax. Is that why you're putting on the scarf? Luxurious here. And we're going to talk about luxury purchases. Okay. So one of the things that we want to talk about is a client that I had last week where the bank was telling them on a deal north of $2 million that they had to put 20% down. And we have a lot of clients out there that that's the rationale. They think that's what needs to happen. You can go up to $3 million and do 10% down and the banks will not charge private mortgage insurance on a monthly basis. So you can go out and if you're buying something north of a million, two million, up to $3 million, you can do it 10% down. You can do it without private mortgage insurance. And it allows you to get into those places where maybe you're buying something at 2 million and you have $200,000, but you can't really stretch to this four or $500,000 that it would take that normal banks would have. We have solutions out there at guaranteed rates. So we're happy to help. Love it. Tammy, what's going on in your end of the world? I'm going to tell you, my advice from the trenches today is it is never too early to get your pre-approval. Some people see great deals come open, come up on the market. They drive past a house. They have to make an offer that day to be able to get in because it's going to be in high demand. And guess what? They're not ready. So if you're even thinking that it might be a possibility for you in the next year, then it's time to pick up the phone, call Joel or myself, and get yourself pre-qualified for your upcoming purchase sometimes now or in 2020. Guys, and I also have a little secret from the trenches. If you're shopping and you have a long wait because you have a lease that expiring, that's expiring um, in the first quarter of next year, I think you should still start looking now because you want to know what's going on in the market, where you can get that really good deal, and then you can just put in the contract. You can always negotiate for a 60 to 90 day close. Remember, if the seller has to sell their property as well in order to sell it to you, you could be a win-win. You could take advantage of this fourth quarter marketing pricing, and then you can also buy first quarter and not have to pay those premium uh, prices that come in in February. So that's my tidbit. You heard it from me. So now let's go on to your amazing guest. Well, I'm really happy to have Josh Lipton in studio today. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So it's a luxury show and what you've done in years is really work with this type of buyer. What's going on right now in the market if I have a property that's in the higher end range? Uh, right now, it's an interesting time, but it's also kind of one of my favorite times. Okay. Um, you know, the million dollar question that um, we get all the time as realtors is, when's the best time to sell my property? Right. Um, though I don't have a crystal ball, you know, everybody just assumes it's the summer. It's a spring. It's beautiful out. It's sunny. There's a lot of buyers. And yeah, that's true. There's a lot of people out there looking. Um, but you got to remember, there's also a lot more inventory and a lot more competition. And, you know, granted, there's more buyers. There's also a lot of people out there just window shopping that, you know, just 
go and go to open houses and go uh, kind of pretend. So that, if you're uh, out this weekend and it's cold, the buyers yeah, that are so, out there, they're so real. That's, that's what I'm getting to. So right now is actually one of my favorite times of the year and uh, a time when I've had the most success putting deals together mm-hmm. uh, the quickest um, for both parties. So if you think about it right now, like if, if a seller's on the market the week before Thanksgiving or about to go on the market, there's a reason. Right. They need to sell. They're a real seller. Um, and at the same time, if a buyer's out there trekking around in the snow and you know dealing with the climate and you know the week before Thanksgiving, they're a real buyer. They need to buy for whatever reason. Um, so you put the two together, and you know you could really have a beautiful marriage there. So um, you know I tell sellers, you know if you want less competition and real buyers. Now's the time. Carla, you see this all the time, right? I do. And I actually want to ask you, Josh, going into the nitty-gritty of negotiations mm-hmm. when it comes to acquiring one of these assets at a really good price, um, I know that when you go into that million-dollar bracket, into that luxury marketplace, it's really hard to find comps because some of these are so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you advise that a buyer should go about in selecting the property first? And then um, how would you advise them to price or, or to go ahead and make an offer on those properties? I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, the, you know, the, the number is, you know, whatever a buyer is willing to pay. That's your comp. Sometimes you're not fortunate to have a comp. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot. And I'm sure we've all had situations where um, we put all of our faith in an appraiser. Um, but, um, you know, thankfully, I haven't had too many situations where there wasn't a comp. Um, but that really falls on the listing agent, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh, what are you telling sellers right now? So they've been on the market for a while. Yeah. Let's take a situation where you have a seller. They put it on the spring market with somebody who wasn't as experienced as you. They told them that it would sell for this number. You don't they even have to finish you. that question because I go through this every day. Okay. Yeah, so explain that to the people so that are on there right you now. Know, there, there's a lot of agents out there um, that you know, tell sellers what they want to hear, Okay, not what they need to hear. Um, I am not one of those. Okay. Um, you know, even at the expense of losing a listing, uh, you know, I'm, it's the biggest disservice you could do to a seller by overpromising, underdelivering, and then ultimately knowing you're going to have to ask for price reduction. reduction after price reduction after price reduction because statistically you're going to get your best offer in the first few weeks on the market. You know, then it's a month, start ma- you know, racking up market time. So, um, you know, not, not only do you want a price to sell, but you know, there's there's no reason to rush to get on the market. You know, I meet with sellers all the time. They're like, "Oh, how quickly can you get on the market? What can we list for?" And that's not the right question. It's you know, it's not how quickly you can get on the market. It's how mm-hmm. quickly can you get off the market? And what can we sell for? Not what can you list for? Because I could list a, a 1.5 million dollar house for two million dollars. It's going to sit, and ultimately you're going to get less. So really, you know, you know, be thorough in bringing onto the market, presenting to the market because. Um, you, know, you only have one chance to make a first impression. I like that you say especially that, especially <laughs> on in real estate. You know, you can make it look different all you want, but you know, you want to wait till it's it's picture ready. You know, everything's addressed inside any renovations because you know once you're on the market, you can't bury the listing history. So you know, really take the time up front, do the legwork. You know, get people through their market at off off market. You get a bunch of brokers through there, get some candid feedback. And I like to do it that way, too, because at that point, you know, going back to comps, you kind of contest the market. You know, right. Maybe you and your seller are off by twenty five, fifty thousand dollars And you say, all right, guess what? I'm going to dangle it out there, you know, their top agent network or social media or whatever. I'm going to get at least 10 brokers through here. You know, not even going to tell them what the price is. You tell me what the price is. We'll get feedback. Let the market dictate where it is. And, you know, maybe you think it's one five, and, you know, you, you put it on at one five fifty, And at that point... You, know, you have all the leverage. You're not on the market. So if somebody says, "Hey, I'll give you one four seven five," you look at them. You're like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> this is the price." Like, right. Entice me not to to list it. So generally, at at that point in the game, somebody's willing to pay up and pay a little bit of a premium for whatever reason. Maybe they you know missed out on something in a multiple offer situation. Maybe they didn't move quick enough, and they regret not getting a property after they saw it at close for. Maybe they weren't working with Joel and, you know, the seller didn't have faith in their lender. So whatever the reason is, at that point, you hold the leverage and you can kind of dictate the price. And, you know, people typically step up to the plate for that peace of mind and assurance that it's not going to go to the market and this is their property. So now you've done this for years, Josh. You literally know this. So what if I'm on the market with one of these other agents and I have overpriced it and now it's sat? It's, what do you actually do right now? It's, a, it's always an uphill battle. Okay. So 
that really comes down to you know storytelling you know what you know, how you present it you know you're not just selling the house um, you know you're selling the neighborhood you're selling the schools development restaurants you got to make it look different though um, you know especially if it's and let me preface it it depends how egregiously it was overpriced sure. um, maybe it was just an agent who not only did it overprice it they didn't really do much marketing they put it on lockbox you know they just gave out a lockbox code and hope the buyer's agent would sell it um, you know I I don't condone that if somebody's hiring me to sell their property I'm going to market it and sell it and be present and actually be there and we don't like lock boxes, job. do we? We don't like so, lock. So, Josh, let's go back a little bit because you went through a lot of information that was really, really you want me to key. Start from the top? Please go ahead. Right. Let's start <laughs> <Sure>. again. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> it's not that kind of show. He's shy, um, isn't right? he? He's he doesn't so want to talk, does he? <laughs> so, but let's have this candid conversation. I love that you talked about like the marketing and one of the tidbits that you threw out there was top agent network. And so, can you please, if I'm looking to sell my property and it's a luxury property, mm-hmm. what are the expectations? Like, what uh, what should I demand or expect from my luxury list? agent well first of all you want to make sure your agent you know not only has experience in the luxury market but has experience in that particular neighborhood um and you know has a proven track record of selling that and and isn't you know you don't you don't want to hire somebody to sell a two million dollar property that's never sold anything over 750 right um i'm not saying they can't they certainly can but you know you want a, a timeline you know, not just like anybody can list a property. Yeah. Like that's our jobs. Like anybody can get a mortgage, but like, what's <laughs> well, I don't the, know about that. What's the extra value that you're going to add? Like, you know, what's the service you're going to provide? You know, anybody could clone a listing and hit submit and just sit back and wait for the phone to ring. Um, right. But more specifically, you but, did mention top agent network. And so I like the fact that you were talking about like a pocket listing. Yeah. Per se. You got to dangle it out there, you know, kind of get people excited, get some momentum going, um, you know, let, let people know it's coming and, you know, top agent network's great for you know putting it out there because every buyer's agent, especially when there's limited inventory, wants to run to their buyer and be like, hey, I got something for you. It's not on the market. Yeah. You know, I can show you. I can get you in because that makes them look like a champ. So, you know, I love it's just- it. It's true. And then the, the best part about the feature that, and how you're using it, actually, which I, w- I want to point out because I think it's a very good strategy, is he's listening to the motivation of that buyer. And so if you find a buyer that said, oh, I missed out on another property, now you know that instead, uh, once, you go in li- once you go live in the open market in the MLS, then you can go ahead and say, okay, this is our pricing. We don't have to negotiate because mm-hmm. we have someone who's desperate. So I love that you're using that strategy that way. And also in working with buyers in the luxury market, too. Uh, you know, in a time when there's limited inventory, you could use Top Agent Network for that as well. You know, people post all the time, buyer in search of X, Y, Z, and then others. You know, it's everybody collaborates and you know shares what they have coming, um, and a lot of business gets done that way. Yeah, no, I love it. And I think for the most part, as far as marketing and what to expect from a luxury marketing uh, agent, it's the same thing, right? I mean, you are still doing the Matterports, which are the 3D renderings. You're still doing the aerials. I mean, the more information, the more marketing materials, the more visuals you have, any product is going to sell. But learn, knowing that market is definitely key. Is that what you're saying? No, absolutely. And video, obviously, second to none. Um, you know, drone video. Like, you know, just give a little shout out. You know, Blake, Drone Hub Media, he's the best. Um, and, you know, with... Everything online these days and everything digital, really, you know, by the time you're the buyer actually sees the home in person, it's a second showing. You know, between all of the Matterport and this and that, the video. Um, so, got it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a pulse, I mean, there's not a ton of experience, not, not a ton of inventory in this market. So, if you do see something that pops on the market, you're going to know about it and you're going to go online first and you're going to see it. So, I love that you say it is a second showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about the seller side right now, so we know what you're saying. You got to be priced right. You right. can't overprice it, and the photos are what get you in, and the videos, etc. What can we experience as a buyer right now? What before you go? I want to make sure that we touch on both sides sure. of this because you do a lot on the buy side. What can we go out and do, and what are we seeing properties kind of sell for in that higher market right now? Percentage to listing. I think that all obviously depends. Of course, how it was listed, you know, okay. at what price. But the the properties that are selling are the ones that are turnkey, at least from what I'm seeing. Okay. You know, buyers want to walk in and just, that's it. They don't want to lift a finger. So anything, again, I, the seller could do you know, to address anything, to um, you know, basically to anything that might appear renovated or you know, that a buyer could pick apart, like spend the money up front. Like you got to spend money to make money. I like that. Like, and, and if you have no sense of you know design or style, find someone who does. 
And, and also, too, like the more in, in doing that, you, know, you're, you say you added value. So why can you command a higher price? Well, I did the counters. I did the kitchen. You see the new floors, light fixtures. So, you know, the buyers aren't necessarily going to care like, oh, where'd you get it? Where's that from? Okay. They're just going to see it looks different than when they look at the previous sale and see what it looked like. If it looks exactly the same, how can you justify as a listing agent like that you want, you know, 18% more in two years? But if you could really lay it out and, and you know, uh, have it sitting on the counter there, everything you did and all the value you added. I like that you're then, detailed. Then it's easy. And yeah. you can explain it. Yeah, and that's you, key. So as a buyer, when I walk into one of these places, do you have a conversation with the buyers about the number of days that a property's been on the market to see maybe the seller is interested in coming down in price because it's been on for a certain number of days? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, you don't ever know a seller's motivations okay. at the end of the day. I mean, they could be egregiously overpriced, but, you know, they, you know, for whatever reason, you, you never know. So unless you're willing to put your your name in the hat, like, go for it. You, know, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But, you know, I am seeing that Buyers, for whatever reason, are being a lot less um, you know, gun-shy to submit lowballs. I don't know what that is um, or what they constitute a lowball, but as a buyer's agent, they should be able to convey to the, to the buyer, like, that's not a lowball. Like, forget what they're listed at. This is, these are the comps. This is what the price should be. So let's just, you know, let me do my job, you know, the buyer's agent, and, and show why this shouldn't be considered a lowball. You know, this, this is what it is. These are the same comps an appraiser is going to look at. So... You've covered a lot, and this is why I really was excited to have you on to talk about things in the luxury edition. Oh, we're just getting started, right? Tell us <laughs> how long you've been doing it and where everyone can find you. So I've been, uh, it's only been five years mm-hmm. just now. Um, I think it was August 2014. Nice. And uh, I joined Compass last April, um, and I could be reached. Email's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Initials, jl at compass.com, or... Call, text, give the message number. In a I'm a seller and I want to sell. 312-504-5409. Don't be shy, Josh. I mean, Again. you did say fire everybody if they're yeah. not doing their job. No, so. I mean, <laughs> listen, you know, we should have to work for our money. You know, exactly. It's, you know, that's the only place uh, success comes before work is the dictionary. I love that. Oh, look at that. I love Hi. it. We're going to coin it. You said it too fast, but I'm going to get a t-shirt for that. <laughs> Gosh, we appreciate all the knowledge that you've yeah. done and you've shared with us. Carla, what do you think? I love it. I mean, he's great. Uh, one of the things and key things that he said was to, that you have to know that market, right? Because anybody could just put a for sale sign in front of a property and sell it in market. But just understanding the logistics of that particular market. I mean, it's huge. You have to know the ins and outs about the amenities that you should expect in that price mm-hmm. point. Um, you know, the square footage, price per square footage. If in fact, you're selling a... Um, uh, a condo, uh, but aside from the real estate aspect of it, I know that it gets more inter- more a little bit more complex when you're structuring these type of loans in these jumbo markets. Uh, what can you say? What can you advise to our audience, uh, Joel, with respect to buying in that uh, luxury market? Know your numbers. Okay, the number one thing that you need to do is just make sure that when a property does come on the market that's on the higher end, that you can jump on it. Okay, you don't want to fall in love with the place and then try to get your ducks in a row on the financing. Tammy will tell you this. You want to know it cold. You want to be confident and educated. And then when you go in and you find a place and you submit the offer, you're really excited if they take it. And if they don't, that's fine, too. When you're structuring this type of loan uh, product, Tammy, are you looking at the conventional 20% down loan programs or is there are there any products that um, allow you to buy something with less than 20%? Oh, definitely. I mean, to Joel's point, we have jumbo loans that can you can actually borrow up to 95% on a jumbo loan um, with some programs. So it's it, people don't know that. I don't think that's like common knowledge. But yeah, you don't have to come to the table with 20% down every time you see a million dollars plus. And do you take a hit on the interest rate when you're using it less than 20% or when you're doing more than less than 20% when you're buying this? It's not in, in the jumbo market. It's not necessarily all about uh, loan to value. It's about program. So the program that you qualify for is going to determine whether or not you have mortgage, mortgage insurance and what your interest rate is going to be. 
So enough boring talk about real estate <laughs> loans and all that stuff because you know, I'm sorry, Joel, it gets kind of boring at it times. It is stuffy just talking numbers all day long. That's why we have some people in the studio that are really going to spice it up. Let's spice it up because I really want to know what she means by going green. I mean, she's a in-studio mod squad at this point. I mean, you're an official host. She's a regular. She's a regular. How's it going, beautiful? I'm so happy to be back. It's fun to see you guys on a Thursday. And I'm sorry, I have to comment, but her makeup is so fierce. I mean, I really need to get with your stylist. I don't have a stylist, as you can tell. Like, like homeless mom look. I'm going for the homeless mom look. You look beautiful. Thank you. Um, how are you? Tell me more. I'm What's going well. on? I'm doing well. You know, selling my house. So, you know, Josh, sell it for me. Thanks. You <laughs> <laughs> can get it done. Everybody's home. So yeah, this is Ami Bumia, of course, for for some of you who might be newcomers. And um, she is a boss babe here in the Chicago area, uh, real estate agent, and extremely experienced and knowledgeable um, broker. And uh, you have some interesting news to, to bring up and share with us today. Tell us about where you found it and what's the word on the street. Well, you know how I like to break out my Forbes every now and then, but um, I was recently... Re- reading an article about how cannabis is going to become a um, real estate disruptor. So that was that was what's new. Cannabis. Cannabis, yeah. That's what's I told you it was going to be the fun green. I mean, not that <laughs> Live Plant Happy is not fun because we're going to get a lot of gifts today. But this is... Uh, okay, do tell more. I'm so intrigued. Well, I mean, as we see like in commercial real estate and then residential real estate trends follow, basically this is... What's the cannabis stores are changing, um, are coming to the neighborhoods, and they're also increasing property values. The National Association of Realtors did a study last year, and they are starting to see trends moving upwards and property values moving up when these new modernization of the, of these cannabis stores starts start to hit the local neighborhoods. So very similar to like the way Starbucks or Trader Joe's or Whole Foods starts to look at different areas that they're going to put up shop. Um, they look at socioeconomic status, income levels, what what other things are in that neighborhood, and then they they locate a place to 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 house their their wares. And you're seeing the same trend in these modern cannabis dispensaries that are going to come come into um, states where they are legalizing legalizing uh, the cannabis. So, well, when people who are not necessarily already in the real estate industry hear about the legalization of cannabis here in the state of Illinois or in any other state for that matter, I don't think that the first thing that comes to mind is necessarily real estate, right? But but we are talking about the real estate industry right now. Um, what can what can people expect to see in their neighborhoods coming up? Well, in, in more cannabis mature states, what's happening is these cannabis companies are opening up cafes and different restaurants and even their own offices in, in, in areas that are not necessarily the neighborhoods to be in at the moment. So, for example, in Los Angeles, the jewelry district isn't, a, isn't an area where people um, t- t- go all the time so they don't walk around. They're not sitting there renting apartments or buying homes. But what they are doing, but since the real estate is so inexpensive in that area at the moment, the cannabis companies are picking up large commercial um, spaces and converting them into these co-working spaces, cafes, um, offices, and that's what you could look forward to. So when you start seeing these medical dispensaries come up in our neighborhoods, you what what you, we have to look forward to is that they are going to expand into these multi retail opportunities for um, for for the companies itself. But then also, what follows is the residential real estate starts to come up with new construction, the three unit buildings that start getting converted into brand new luxury apartments or condos, and then you start seeing your property values start to inch up year by year. So that's what we have to look forward to. Yeah, and that's really exciting, I think. And Joel, you're no stranger to the industry of cannabis, right? Well, I was an early adopter, and I'm an investor in one of the three largest uh, medical marijuana facilities for growing. And what they're really seeing right now is that they are expanding in neighborhoods as far as the January 1st date coming up. So the idea is, would you rather have a gas station next to your house or something like this? Yeah. Exactly. Now, what what would you say, I guess any of you guys, what would you say to um, those individuals who maybe were opposed to the legalization of cannabis um, about, you know, what it does to, to neighborhoods? I think people might be fearful about um, what's happening. But what would you say? I was totally opposed. 
<laughs> you were not, were you? No. Are you? I'm a capitalist, ladies. Come on. When there's opportunities to create wealth, I am there. Um, you know, I don't think I've had anyone complain uh, or make that complaint. I think everybody's kind of looking into what's going to happen and how they can take advantage of this market. We, You've heard from David Porter last week when he was talking about the opportunity zones, right? So you're talking about locations where they're actually going to grow these plants. There's also going to be a place where they're going to hold material, so warehouses. So if you're looking at some of these opportunity zones and you couple it with these type of products or these type of venues or commercial businesses, I think it's a win-win. And then you can grow this in 10 years, right? Tax-free. So there's a lot of opportunities. You just got to lean on the right experts that understand this dynamic so you can make those investments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you seeing this trend, Ami, with respect to your clients? Are they looking to invest in some of these uh, areas that we believe are going to have dispensaries or have been approved within the map? Well, I have friends who actually work for these companies. They do marketing for the companies. They're growing for the companies. They're, you know, doing all that. And because we've been talking about this so frequently due to the upcoming date, um, what we have been seeing is just, you know, people want a place for them to discreetly purchase their medicine, right? It doesn't need to be like these CD places where I think that connotation comes up with pe- with most people when they're opposed to the legalization of cannabis. However, it also it's... This is also something that people need, and that's why it is they're they're popping up everywhere, right? Um, to offset that, I mean, I think that just like anything, like with cigarettes or, or liquor stores or things that open up on the corner, people may not necessarily like it, but that doesn't mean that it's going to cause some sort of crime or seediness in the neighborhood. So I think with this, we just have to see where it goes. Well, and what I really like about um, what you were saying about the shops in like LA that are popping up that are becoming more of these third spaces like Starbucks in neighborhoods um, is that I think, you know, I know plenty of people that don't necessarily drink coffee, but will enjoy meeting up with somebody at a coffee shop. And, who are they? And- <laughs> like, who doesn't drink coffee? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Some people don't. I know, go figure. But I mean, so to, my point is, you don't you don't necessarily have to be a partaker of cannabis to be able to enjoy these third spaces that are that are popping up in communities where, uh, where a buildup of community is is happening i think yeah absolutely it is a place for i mean in that jewelry district there aren't people like walking around and you know drinking their starbucks but now it's becoming a place for them to to be a community to lounge to work to work together and kind of come up with something that they have in common i mean that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to light up in those spaces it's still no of a smoke-free zone um so it's just it's another opportunity that we that i don't think that people are foreseeing at the moment yeah, and from a business perspective, right? We're not here to talk about the politics, what people sure. like or dislike about this investment. It's just a- an investment. And Tammy, you had sent me an article or an email about products that you use for small businesses. So would this be something that you would be able to apply for those type of loan programs where people have small businesses and if they want to open up or own a warehouse so they can actually store or use the storage facilities? Well, the buildings that, that Ami was talking about that are the commercial specific buildings, yeah, there's commercial lending available for things like that. There are business loans available for people who are starting or just recently started a business. Um, So certainly plenty of opportunity to get involved. And that actually brings up a really good point because one of the things Ami and I were discussing earlier is that this is not only changing the landscape of real estate, it's changing the face of a lot of different industries. Correct. And we can see that one uh, thing that we've noticed here in the Chicago area is um, Tony P events that he has now started the Green and Chai um, so this is for networking and awareness for all kinds of people to see how they might be able to get involved, how how this might affect their industry, hear from uh, government um, employees and people that, that uh, can explain to them how this can affect them and how they can take advantage of opportunities. Right. I mean, the key is to get informed, right, and know the right time to take that opportunity. I do want to, um, I want to explore this further. I want you to explain to our audience in case somebody's even looking to do any type of business, right? Like if you're a a salon owner, you want to have a business plan and that's what you're going to review in order to issue that loan approval. But when it comes to something like this, it doesn't have any precedent. Like you don't have a business plan. It's whatever is going to be created at the time. Are the rules for getting this type of loan for a small business, say I want to do a print shop that it's all like cannabis, whatever, paraphernalia. Like, can I open up my shop and would you be able to give me a loan for that kind of business? 
Um, y- yes and no. So that's there's a there are layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, if somebody came to me personally, I mean, I've done like 15 years of business coaching, so I could help anybody start their their business, no matter what it was in. Um, and, and also here in uh, the state of Illinois, the legalization happens January 1st, but you're not going to be able to open your own um, like distribution hub unless you already have med- medical distribution going on until they're estimating it might be the middle of 2020 before they allow uh, other retailers to to start getting in on the market share. So just know that up front. But if you're doing something else, like you're talking about paraphernalia, stickers, you know, bumper stickers, whatever. Um, sure. It's just like starting any business. You could, you could start a business and, and get your retail space and, and give us a call. We can help you out. Love it. Ami, as always, it's a pleasure. So please tell us, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram. It's Ami Bumia, or you can call me at 773-425-5877. Love it. Amazing. Always good to hang out with amazing women, as always. Uh, Tammy, you girls are really, really rocking it in the industry. So thank you so much for being here. Hashtag boss babes. Boss babes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Joel. We always exclude you in this. Boss dudes, too. (laughs) Fine. Guys, remember, it's our fifth year. So Market Overdrive, we're the Mod Squad. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. We are here. You can look at all of our past shows. Catch up on all of the guests and... And elevate your real estate IQ. And you can always find our shows on the YouTube channel, on Facebook, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Play. So please follow us. There is no reason why you shouldn't be following us because we have amazing guests here all the time. And there's always something to learn. And today, right now, you're actually going to learn how to save money with those tax probations because I know it gets really, really difficult with people who don't understand what are tax probations. If I have to put 3.5% down on this loan program, why is my lender saying that now I don't have to come to closing with 3.5% down? Well, that's because you got a tax probation credit at closing. Also, what happened if you forgot to file that homeowner's exemption? Do you even know what a homeowner's exemption. I just realized that my past client did not file for one and he was actually leaving so much money on the table. And so now we're going to go into our segment, which I actually missed. So I'm so sorry, but it's Know the Law with Greater Illinois Title. How are you, Stephanie? Good, Carla. How are you? Good, good. So I posted or we had our our, our producers post on social media like she looks like an angel because she's got this angel face. Not saying that she's not, but look at her. Doesn't she look like a baby? Gorgeous gorgeous baby face. And she's got the dimples. So I'm going to girl you up because this woman is tough, tough, tough. And she's super intelligent. And I'm all about beautiful women who actually can stand on their own. So tell us a little bit about you and your firm. Yeah, definitely. So um, I appreciate the kind words. Um, So I'm Stephanie Garces-Donay. I just... um, just changed my last name a little bit, so the donate is new. Um, I have my own law firm, and I do uh, primarily residential real estate. Um, so she owns her own law firm. That means I she's own, not 18. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and um, I have staff. I have staff. Uh, we're fully bilingual, uh, Spanish-speaking attorney. Um, I have a lot of clients that need my services, believe it or not, um, especially because not everyone is represented by someone that speaks their native language, so that's always important to to put out there. Um, yeah, I've had my practice for a couple of years now and each year is getting better and I really enjoy what I do because not only am I part of a huge milestone of people's lives, but also, um, I call it happy law. It's happy. People are happy to see me or happy that, okay, it closed. Thank God for all your work, you know, as opposed to, oh, you know, now we're fighting and I, you know, you didn't represent me right in court and, you know, the litigious nature of, of litigation. So I love that you, you say know. happy law because what's your other hat that you wear when you're not, pri- where you're not at closing and doing real estate law? Yeah, so I do some criminal work, uh, See, traffic I told you. tickets, <laughs> <laughs> um, traffic tickets, DUIs, um, I need some to other call stuff. You. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I like to what say to my accountant, it's a line item because it's real estate as usual. It's a line item, my parking tickets and my speeding tickets. <laughs> yeah, texting and driving is a big one. I don't ever do that. If, if you get. <laughs> Yeah, neither do I. No, no, neither do we. Um, no, everyone does it. So if you get a ticket, you can always call me. Um, no, that's it's funny because. When you say two hats, um, that's what's kind of nice. My clients are coming back to me for other things. I just had a client that unfortunately came um, to me for a DUI, and I just did her real estate closing about three months ago. Oh, so <laughs> I will sell you never know. You at your yeah. house and also get rid of your DUI. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, no, it's it's important to note though because. Um, 
people need people need services people need help and um that's what i love about what i do i i feel like an entrepreneur and many days i feel like a, a business um owner because that's what you really are doing but i also practice law so well so it's a, all the same when you start and you say that you have employees you're uh, you are an entrepreneur yeah I guess I am. Go ahead, Joel. That's what it feels well, like. It's got to yeah. be a great day the day you close, you get your keys, and you get your ankle bracelet off. It's going to just be like such an amazing day, right? <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. I mean, there's so many things that um, people celebrate. But it's funny you say ankle monitor. I actually had um, a buyer who had a walkthrough with mm-hmm. the person um, that was not supposed to be there was there at the walkthrough, and they had an ankle monitor. So, oh, wow. But I do have a specific question about <laughs> these taxes. So it happens. <laughs> if you have the homeowner's exemption, right? So just explain this. I want people to know when you're buying a place that's different from buying an investment property, there's some benefits of being your primary residence, right? Yeah. Explain that. It's not just a dollar for dollar. Every single area is different. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you said that. Every single area is different. So check your um, your local assessor's office because every county is different. But speaking generally, the homeowner's exemption is what a buyer can get is a discount of taxes. Um, the way a buyer gets that and only qualifies for it is if they live there on the first of any given year. So a lot of times people will buy a house, let's say today, and they'll say, well, can I get it for this year? Well, no, because you didn't live there on January 1st of that given year. So they will qualify for it the following year, but they have to apply. You have to apply. I cannot stress it enough. And I think a lot of people forget to do that after yeah. closing because they get so excited. They have to buy new furniture. They have to move in. They have to you Absolutely. know, think about when they're going to send their next payment but they forget to do this yeah so what do you what advice do you give first-time owners to remember or to remind themselves to go ahead and file and go to the website yeah no that's a great question so a lot of times what i say is uh, you know i I say to them you're probably going to grab these documents that you've been asking me for for copies you know during the closing you're going to stick them somewhere you're never going to look at them again but eventually you're going to get something in your mail and you're going to open it and read it it's going to say you know you got to read like (laughs) that's the biggest thing so people will forget but it does come in the mail and so usually give people a heads up. And a lot of times too, I've seen a lot of realtors that are knowledgeable. It's actually a good um, marketing tool for them to say, I'll check in with you, you know, during this time and I'll let you know about the exemption. So I've seen people do it different ways. It's a, it's a good, whether it's for me or for the realtor, it's a good way to touch base with a client and say, Hey, did you sign up for this? Because I know when the application comes out. So I love it. So Stephanie, um, you understand that affordability uh, was affected when we started seeing all these tax increases in property taxes. Mm-hmm. And so that affected a lot of people, especially our first time buyers in some of the neighborhoods that are like, you know, started entry level, you know, first time buyer neighborhoods. You were seeing, I mean, we went, what, 12% in last year in some of the neighborhoods. And so it really did affect the affordability margins for our buyers. Um, what are you talking about as far as these these um, discounts that you're getting, or not discounts, but the mm-hmm. the credit you get with the homeowners. Are we looking at a thousand dollars or a five hundred dollar credit? So um, you mean how much is the homeowner's exemption? Yeah, it's a. Depends, I would say, in the area that you're in. But generally, it could be anywhere from $500 to maybe a couple hundred more. Um, and that's just kind of a range. But generally, it could be 500 or 600 on the lower end. But it saves people money because, you know, I, I do represent a lot of sellers who I, I ask them, how long have you lived here? Oh, and I, I don't have the exemption. So some people just forget. Yeah. And um, But you could always, you know, go back and apply. But but it's it's one of those things where it's a range, but that's usually what you're saving. And right. And additional- exemptions for other things too, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, there's a list of exemptions. And if, if anyone's curious, because they're, you know, listening to us, there's a huge list um, at the assessor's office. But um, a couple of the common ones are uh, the senior exemption. Um, anyone who's over 65 qualifies. Um, there's a senior freeze. The senior freeze has some income requirements and age requirements. So not everyone qualifies if you're, you know, Oprah Winfrey, um, and you're 65 or more, but you have you know good income, you're not going to qualify for senior freeze. Um, but it, you can't apply if you qualify for, for a certain income level. Is she 65 already? I just had to touch on that. How old is she? You think, <laughs> you know, get just, close, right? I watched her 30 saying, years ago. Well, her, income, her income already alone doesn't qualify her. Oh, okay. you know, so that's how you remember she's that. pay 500 um, more. <laughs> I think he just wanted to know the trivia. Like, how old is Oprah? I don't know. Let me get my different phone. Different show, Joel. Um, different focus. We're trying to save people money here. You get a car. Listen, so, okay, so let's go back to these tax uh, tax exemptions so you can get something. $500 is a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you're looking at some neighborhoods like Hillside, Maywood. These are like, you know, wholesome neighborhoods and you have taxes of like $9,000 from like 4000 to, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So a lot of people just can't buy and they're small homes, ranch homes, and you're looking at like 200 
$50,000 home, but your taxes are ridiculous. So it does affect people. Can mm-hmm. you tell us when we're negotiating tax probations and tax credits, what is the difference between negotiating 105% and 110%? And what do you recommend that we do? Well, that's a great question because it always depends on the year. You have to, as a lot of realtors、um, may not be aware because it's something that doesn't really come. Across the table, unless you are knowingly looking at this. So,、um, if you're like newer to the industry, it's always good to look at the、um, Cook County Assessor's Office to see if the tax,、uh, the、uh, property has been assessed higher. Cook County,、uh, especially, Has a huge,、um, a couple of properties, more than a couple of properties that assess for higher. So actually, 105 and 110 wouldn't even cover what the jump was. So a lot of times,、um, that's the best, best place to start. 105 is the standard. Everyone knows 105 is standard.、Um, 110, a little better. For Cook County, especially if it's not a, a, a year where the, the property is being assessed. But when the property is assessed for a much higher, 110 is not going to cut it. So I have a lot of、um, attorney review letters and negotiations that I do with attorneys on this. And a lot of us attorneys, we understand it. But、um, I just had one recently in Elgin, and、um, 117% is the、oh, calculation、wow. of how much it went up. So You know, hindsight's 2020.、So、I would say it would be great if the realtor could negotiate that, but, but there's a challenge to that, you know? So not everyone understands it, and, and they say, we'll leave it up to the attorneys, and that's fine. But, but that's hun- part of the process, right? When you're doing the, the attorney review, so you go under contract、yes. and you're a buyer, and、uh, we didn't, we missed negotiating on your behalf. Maybe we negotiated 110%.、Mm-hmm. You know, quite frankly, I always leave it TBA, so to be、mm-hmm. decided by the attorneys, because we, we're not aware. And so you're、yes. working with the title company. I know that you work with Greater Illinois、mm-hmm. Title, and so. Excuse me, you're able to pull that information and go ahead and during the attorney review period negotiate that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the good point. And that's kind of the, kind of not to segue into something else, but to have a,、um, an attorney that represents you that strictly does real estate law really understands that. That's more of like stuff that not everyone does. And it's important to know because if you don't negotiate that and it did go up to 170% and your buyer, you know, we close and everything, your buyer is essentially getting stuck. With the seller's tax bill from 2019. Yeah, I mean, so, it's the worst when a buyer doesn't understand where the money is going and what tax provisions are, and they don't understand that taxes are paid in arrears, and、mm-hmm. then they get that bill, they're like, where's the money? You know, well, you already spent it because it went in as a credit at closing. <laughs> yes, yes, But it's good、yes. to know how it's, you know, the money's being allocated and that you are paying these taxes. Yep, absolutely. So, all right,、yeah. if you had to give one last bit of advice, what would that be?、Um, make sure that if you're a first time home buyer,、um, especially,、uh, Have an attorney that represents you zealously that is、um, able to advocate for you all the way through, even when you've walked through issues and stuff like that. You know, someone that knows how to handle it, or at least、um, someone that could to deal with, with back and forth of real estate law. Because if you don't have the representation, sometimes you end up、um, with the short end of the stick. And someone who is happy. <laughs> and someone who is happy and likes happy law. I love it. I love it and I love you. You're amazing.、Um, she's also created this、uh, organization or、yes. effort. This,、uh, was it this year or? It was this year, yeah, for the female veterans. Yeah, can you please share that with our audience? Yes.、Um, I recently、um, got involved with someone at the、uh, Women's Veteran United who told me that they might need help、um, with some. You know, collecting of clothes for women. And they kind of told me the initiative of that. This was like a colonel in the army. So I just happened to meet her. I know it's like impressive. Yeah. Makes us look like, you know, we haven't done anything. But, but she's an impressive woman. So I, I just connected with her and I said, you know, I would love to help. So I just created a,、um, a clothing drive for women veterans and I just kind of blasted it to colleagues, to、um, my contacts. And you'd be surprised the amount of people that stop by with a bag or even men like, oh, my wife's clothes. Oh, I'm so glad that, you know, she's getting rid of her old clothes. And they dropped it off and then I, I sent it. Over to the Women's Veteran United, and that close is going strictly to、um, w- women veterans, a lot of which are homeless, a lot of which don't have the same opportunities that we have to have nice clothes to go to an interview. So, you think that after they were serving our country, they come back and they don't have this type of resources. So, kudos to you and thank you so much for serving.、Yes. I love women and I love entrepreneurs who are not just leaders in their industry, but also are giving back. So,、yes. thank you so much、well. for hanging out with us.、Yes. Where can we find you?、Um, you could find me on Facebook.、Um, Garces Law is the handle.、Um, I have Instagram, and that's under Steph Donay. Actually, Steph Garces Donay. And、um, you can always check out my Google reviews. 
Because yeah. I love I love when people look at those. Because you'd be surprised. Everyone is Googling. And hey, if you got that extra coat, remember where to find her so you can yeah. also be a part of this mission. Yep, you could drop it off. I'll take Thank it. you so much. <laughs> love Thank her. you for having me. Right? Appreciate oh, it. Yeah. That was amazing. I do have to say, we, we love men, too. We love we women, and we also love men. As long as they're all <laughs> oh, cool are, are we starting this whole feminist I mean, thing? Okay. Is there a feminist vibe here, Joel? No, it's Thank what you. I like. We're actually getting a lot of different perspectives, and what we're seeing here is that people that are really excited about what they do. They love. They're giving back. And when you can surround yourselves with good folks that really know their game, that's uh, that's what we're trying to do here on the Market Overdrive show. So we're part of the Mod Squad, and we're really here to elevate your real estate IQ. And now we're moving on to our best, if not the most fun segment, which is the business highlight. And I was asked earlier today if I was going to get nervous if uh, when Greg got into the room. So what do you think? <laughs> I think you're doing great. Oh my God. Do you honestly think I'm going to get nervous just because Mr. CEO, Mr. Business uh, uh, boss, Carla, boss, Carla boss, doesn't boss. get nervous. We know that. <laughs> so today we decided to do something super, super different and super cool on our show because I think it's imperative for us to be able to get a full scope, right? A 360 of what it is to invest. We talked about the green rush. Uh, we talked about opportunity zones. And now we need to get into that world of entre- like the restaurant tour business because I think it's so fascinating. All of us spend so much money in restaurants because we're dining and winding our clients. But do you understand how like the operations behind that machine? Do you ever wonder, Tammy? I mean, I do wonder, but I also hear that it's difficult <laughs> to put it lightly so i have tons of respect for our guest today so i'm going to go ahead and introduce you i'm not going to read his accolades and then restaurants because i think everywhere we go, go ahead, they always them. ask <laughs> hi greg and then you're going to be getting emails and then everyone wants that view next to the they want the they want the table with the view and i know how much you hate that so i'm just going to spare you how are you mr greg very good thanks so much for having me guys appreciate it is this a formal uh, introduction? I know, you Greg. I'm glad that you're here. And one of the things I want to say is it's not that expensive to eat at Gibson's. It's one of the better places. <laughs> Don't think that this is the case for sure. So tell us about a couple of the restaurants and why we're here today. Sure, sure. Um, well, um, I'm, I'm a managing partner with the Gibson's Restaurant Group. And uh, our flagship is Gibson's Steakhouse on Rush Street. Uh, I started there 23 years ago, and that was the only restaurant we had. Um, now we're up to 14, and our you know crown jewel, the latest one, has been uh, Gibson's Italia. Gibson's um, Italia. So it is one of our favorites as well, Tammy, because thank you, thanks to you and your kind heart, we were able to raise $25,000, and it was all because of your kindness and the donations that you did. I mean, we had an amazing event, Joel. You saw that. It was wonderful. You really put on a great show. We had the most amazing meals. I'm talking about steak, lobster, shrimp, and it was like $75, and you're able to do that and give back because you have a successful business. Can you tell us what is the key to that success? I think the key to our success, um, we have three core core values in our company, uh, hospitality, value, and quality. And like Joel said, uh, it doesn't cost a lot of money to eat at a Gibson's restaurant because we, we concentrate on making it a value for a customer every time. Let's let's face it. We're, we're in the customer service business. You your, your business are all based on retention and referral, right? So if we're not, if we're not taking care of customers and, and, and making sure they want to come back, then, then we lose. I tell the story all the time um, in my restaurants. My first day uh, with Steve Lombardo, my, my mentor, my boss, um, I sat down, I had a little notebook. I was very conscientious, writing down everything he said. The first thing he said was, everyone must leave happy. I love that. And if I had stopped right there, I didn't need to write, write anything else in my little notebook ever. And, and if I can teach that to the people who work with me and for me, that's what it's all about. It's because they come back. You don't make money on somebody showing up once. That's not what that business is about. There are a lot of people who think that is what the business is about. They're going to try to take every nickel out of their pocket every time they sit down, and that's just not the way to do it. And I love that you say that, Greg, because I think it does, in fact, transcend to real estate and how we transact, especially if we're in the, the service industry. I mean, I tell everybody, I'm a high-paid high like customer service representative, literally, right? Because in this day and age, you have your foodies. Very high-paid. Very <laughs> You have your foodies, but in our case, we have Zillow and we have buyers who go online and they know everything because they know what their property is worth, even the sellers, because they saw it on Redfin, they saw it on these websites, these third party uh, you know, websites, and they come back to us and they're like, okay, what is your value proposition? So I think it's all about a an experience. Is that what you're alluding to? Yeah, we're trying to create an experience, but we're also trying to just just figure out what they want and make them know that we care about them. And, and we care that they spend their money with us and we care that they come back and see us again. And they, and we care that when we, when, when they leave the restaurant, they're saying kind things about us and, and telling people about what a great experience it was. Um, cause there's so many avenues right now where they can walk out and, 
talk bad about you. And and some people, um, we're always going to screw up, right? In our business, we, we are always going to mess up. We're going to be laid on a table. We're going to overcook a steak. We do everything we can uh, within our power to make people happy and, and, and fix the problem. There are still people now who want to go on Yelp or want to go on Open Table, and they want to they speak their piece um, as, as a restaurant critic, which is great, and that's their, that's their right. Um, but it gets harder and harder and harder to, to, uh, to, to satisfy people in the end. Um, what, what, it, we, we don't want anyone to leave unhappy because we don't want to take a chance of one person uh, getting out there and, 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 and spreading that bad news. Well, this is one of the things I think that sets you guys apart from pretty much every other restaurant group um, out there. I, I went to a place that was one of my favorites for my birthday last year. And um, I mean, I won't say who it is and I won't tell the long story, but I left there crying. Wait, was it one of they, my restaurants? No. How dare you? <laughs> I know. What were you it, was, it was really close to my house. And so it was right down the street. We went there. Uh, I had liked it previously so well, but they, and it was the owner of the restaurant that just emphatically was so mean to me that drove me to actual tears on my birthday. And then I heard recently from another friend that they had experienced an unfortunate interaction with this owner as well. And I think it's sad because it, these are third spaces where people really, they, it, they build community. We were talking about third spaces earlier. And it's so important that this be like an uplifting portion of their day. And to your point, bad things will happen, of course. But your attitude and your approach to what happens when those things happen makes all the difference. And the fact that you guys care and you guys go above and beyond you've constantly been helping with things like saint jude and other community efforts you're like always there for the community i think it's amazing it makes me want to go to gibson's italia all the time well i, I want to piggyback on that because one of the things that you said it was about the experience right the customer experience and you've also mentioned that just like us right it's sometimes the biggest investment someone's going to make you say oh it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars, or it's a fifty thousand dollar acquisition or maybe it's a 1.5 um but you said to me, it's like, it's always somebody's birthday, someone's anniversary. So it's someone's it's a, it's something. A, right. It's always, a, it, and, and sometimes those are competing against each other. We have, you know, 10 people with birthdays and they all want a window table or it's a 50th anniversary and we have to juggle and figure out how to make them, make them all happy. But you have to also realize that, that uh, although, you know, it, our restaurants are affordable for some people, they save up for a long time to come to a special occasion with, with eight people or 10 people. I mean, so, at your restaurant, they save for years, like five yes, years. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I like how Josh, Joel has started with it's not that expensive. I don't know, Joel. I've been to a lot of places where you get the exact same steak and you know that they're overcharging and you just don't want to go back. You go to those places. But when you go to Gibson's, especially when we had the upstairs at Gibson's Italia, you took care of our entire company and Victor swears by you guys. Oh, sure, so sure. Long time, again, long time relationships uh, with, with Victor and his father. His father is one of our investors out in, yeah. in a couple of our suburban restaurants. Great friends and, and, and you know, we appreciate everything that your company does as well. Yeah, we're happy so, to have you here. So here's the deal, right? When it comes to selling real estate, always we always argue, well, it's location. You want this ease view, you're going to pay a premium. You want this to a higher floor, you're going to pay a premium. So why do you care so much of the client when you have such an amazing location? Um, well, sometimes you got to pay through the nose for the right location. That's uh, that's that's part of it. And you have to you have to do a, a so it's higher... not the steak; it's the location you're paying for, John. <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> on the restaurant for sure. You're 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 paying uh, you're paying for the location that gives us Italian for sure. It's it's definitely a um, it's kind of a culmination of, of of everything we learned opening restaurants throughout the years. Some of the stuff we actually blatantly stole. We run the Ralph Lauren restaurants for for Ralph Lauren, uh, the Polo Bar in New York as well. So we blatantly stole some of the style points from them. Um, so Italia is a little different than going to Gibson Steakhouse. It's a little uh, finer service, more details on the table, um, and a higher rent. To be honest. <laughs> well, give us some uh, some advice. So if I go to the restaurant and I don't like my meal. For whatever reason, so what are you going to do for me? Are you going to give me a free steak? <laughs> you know, you know where I'm getting at. Like, how can we get in there and get okay, these free okay, steaks? Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a tip. Is your Just is your kidding. steak uh, undercooked or overcooked? Undercooked. Okay, so if it's undercooked, let us take it back to the kitchen and bring it up to temperature. Don't make us throw that steak out because it's a, it's like a fifty dollar piece of meat, and that's a shame. That's I mean that's terrible. And then on top of that, we'll probably buy you a drink or a dessert. Uh, I love it. Whenever you, anytime someone buys me a drink, I think that's the key uh-huh. <laughs> key to your heart, the key to my heart. Yeah, buy us a drink. Uh, but listen, I love that it's you. It's one of my t- oldest moves. Buying that is a drink. that's a gentleman thing yes. to do. It's <laughs> a gentlemanly thing to do. <laughs> okay, so when you're buying, when you're talking about your product, right, uh, and your steak. Can you tell us more about that? Where do you, where do you get your product and your sure, produce? Sure. Uh, m- most, of our, most of our steaks come from uh, uh, southwest Minnesota. We actually have our own USDA designation, uh, Gibson's USDA Prime Angus. Um, so black Angus cows. 
uh, mostly from uh, from southwest Minnesota, uh, grass fed. We also have a uh, um, a, a, gra- a grass fed program out of Australia, uh, ninety day aged, uh, sixty days on the boat coming over from Australia. At Italia, we also do Kobe, uh, and we have uh, another Australian YU prog- product as well. It's Kobe, not Kobe. How Kobe. do you say that? Kobe. Kobe. Oh my gosh, it's, it's, talking about it's, food. It's you Kobe know that's Bryan, the key to my heart, right? It's Kobe Bryant and it's Kobe beef. <laughs> food is the key to my heart. And drinks. And free drinks. <laughs> and free drinks. And free drinks. And real estate. But before I let you go, one last thing. So yes, we're ma'am. talking about the commercial platform in the arena, right? Uh, we understand the numbers and pricing for commercial spaces is that has declined. So you're getting a lot of new restaurants that are coming into the, the competition arena. So how are you dealing with that? How are you competing for those dollars when you have all this competition? Ab- absolutely. Um I, t- I look at Oak Brook, for example. Uh, we have a, re- a, a big restaurant out in Oak Brook, and, and Oak Brook Mall has seen a massive turnover in, in, in their in their cornerstone spaces. Lord and Taylor's going out. Um, all these big box realtors are going out, um, and they're being replaced by you know Restoration Hardware or or uh, another another restaurant chain. All we can do internally is to do the best job we can. We want to continue to be the best uh, option for people, the most reliable option for people. We, you know, when your next special occasion, we want Tammy to say, I know it's a sure thing to go to a Gibson's restaurant. I'm not going to try to go somewhere down the street. I want to go to the sure thing and make sure it's perfect. I love it. And that's what we try to do. And it's a testament, right? I mean, we had a philanthropy. This was a, you, you gave us everything. You donated the food, you donated the drinks, and it was amazing. It was giving, and I think Tony P's here as he gets test to this. Not everybody does this, especially in that caliber of business. Um, the space is beautiful. But you also brought out the white glove experience. I mean, we had waiters. We had the most amazing experience. Everyone left. And I mean, everyone left saying, wow, this is amazing. Even people who had never been there had said, you know, I mean, it was it was obviously a bonus for $75 for all you can eat, right, for brunch. But I just love the fact that you go all out, not just for when you're making money, but when you're also giving back to the community. So kudos to you for doing that. We Thank really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was Thank a great cause and a great event. And you guys did a great job pulling it off. Awesome. So, so Mr. Horan, if someone wants to get a hold of you because they want to do their company uh, party, uh, your host or company party, or maybe, you know, some fun girl wants to host her birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Um, do we get your phone number or email? I'm all about giving out the phone numbers. Uh, no? Look, <laughs> he's, like, he's turning around. Email's okay, too, though. It's okay. Yeah, he's like, call Anthony. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe not the phone number. Not the phone number. <laughs> okay, so we can find you. How do they make reservations? Or how do we get a hold of you if you want to do a corporate yeah, party? want to rent that rooftop. You know what, uh, <laughs> hit me up. At uh, G Haran, G H O R A N, at grgmc.com. Nice. I love it. So you know where we're having drinks after this, right? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we're so Enjoy. happy that you were on. This was awesome. We hope to have you back as Thank well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. A pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. So what do you think, guys? We're going to go and celebrate. It's my birthday. we got to make those reservations. When is Let's your actual it. date? Tell me when no your birthday is. going to know that. We actually uh-huh. have our show oh, on I'll December t- 5th. I'll okay. tell you. So I'll birthday. be here anyway. <laughs> Yeah, um, December 5th. December 5th, yes. So again and again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are Market Overdrive. We are in our fifth year. So next year is going to be six years. And we are very excited to continue to spend the evening with you and share what we know and our resources, uh, the people that we're meeting in the network. We want to introduce you to this because it just makes life easier. Whether you're selling real estate or you're representing a buyer or you're looking into getting into this business or if you're a consumer and you want to know more, we're here to introduce you to top agents in our industry. And of course, where are you going to celebrate? the holidays. These are amazing luxury restaurants. And again, they care. They're that local bar that says where everybody knows your name. You know, don't you love that when you walk in and somebody says, hi, Tammy, welcome. I do. And they give you a hug and you're like, I love this place and not just for the food. (laughs) I'll come back. Uh, Joel, you entertain a lot. Well, it's always good to have a place that you can go to. And what Greg was talking about is knowing the product and knowing that you're going to walk in and get the same experience. And that's what we have with that group. So we were really glad that he was here. I love it. And it transcends right into real estate with the experience. And now speaking about experience, the holidays are upon us and our beautiful Rebecca Borges. I've been corrected. Her last name is not Borges. It's Borges. Like <laughs> gorgeous, she said. Like Borges. Borges. I got to figure this out. Carla needs a you know, like an accent. You can't be pronouncing people's names like you're speaking Spanish. So look at her. Look at her necklace. What's going on over there? Miss Plant Happy. Hi. Thanks for having me tonight. I'm always excited to be here. Um, I have a, a custom designed necklace of um, floral, uh, let's say plants. Let's call it. It's my Plant Happy necklace. I am starting to play around with doing jewelry that is 
encompass that encompasses live plants. Awesome. It's quite fun. How cute that is, is that? So that cool. is so right. cute. It's a little bangle. And once this little succulent is uh, no longer sturdy in its setting, I will just stick it in dirt and, and I'll have a plant. <laughs> wow, so that is so it cool. It continues. So Rebecca's here in the studio to tell us how to bring in, how to add plants into your space. And today she's going to talk about the holidays and what we can do to decorate and make that you know, bring in the holiday spirit. What do you have for us, Rebecca? So today we're talking about what it is that you can do uh, as a realtor for client gifts. It's the time of year where you're all thinking about client gifts and um, you wanting to stay top of mind, especially during the slow season, right? So I've brought in some things to show that are really simple. Ooh. We do custom designed um Floor, like uh, evergreen arrangements for the holidays, which are lovely, and so I think of this as a way of how do you keep it on brand? How do you how do you keep people thinking about you? And this particular piece is a candle. Um, and that's amazing. That looks really cool. Beautiful. So this is a, you all are going to have to fight over these the day <laughs> because you get to bring them home tonight. Um, this one was made with uh, guaranteed rate in mind because mm-hmm. their color is red. I love so that. So the idea of custom- she's already yeah, saying right. is yours, Joel. Well, Come you know, on. But like the cranberries here, I've read. So you know, let's see. The that. idea is to think about um, how you can keep your brand subconsciously oh. in the mind of Ooh. your consumer. And I like simple elegance. That is so beautiful. Today, actually. this is a, is awesome. a boxwood wreath with a very simple yeah. gold ribbon. I need that on my door. I'm, I'm from New England. <laughs> that is so, so cute. But you know what? When it comes day. to like selling in the ho- during the holidays, it gets cold outside. It gets snowy. And so people just want to walk into a, a space that's cozy. You know, some people say, oh, you know, make some cookies and have the space smelling like cookies or burn candles. This is beautiful because it reminds us of the holiday and it brings in green into the space versus, you know, everything white. Although I do appreciate both. That is so cute. And so the ribbon is a little <laughs> squished right transportation. now. Transportation. Yeah, from transportation. But you get the general idea. The answer- We're turning it to the HGTV platform here, Rebecca. <laughs> What's know, going on? Funny. You know how much we've brought That's what happens that? when you bring an artist on the show. You never know exactly. what you're going to get. It's a little bit of show and tell. I'm going to smell that candle. So if someone They're wanted beautiful. to make that, right, to, because if we're looking to sell our property and we want to make it, you know, sh- a stage for the sales and, and invoking that experience, what are the recommendations? So my thought is, for me, it's all about always about sustainability. I, I There is a value in getting things that you can reuse as the homeowner and bring them out every year and use that as decoration. But for gifting, I'm all about sustainability. And these are all live wreaths of some sort. So you can put put them in the landfill without any worry. And the material that holds them together is recyclable because it's steel. So it just makes it very easy. But as far as decor in the holiday season, the more, if you're selling during the holiday season, then you want to think about what it looks like as people approach your house and and keeping some decor, whether it's holiday or just a little extra flair during these winter months, is going to be something that actually um, resonates in the mind of the client once they leave the property. I love it. And I know that you said simple, it's beautiful, but sometimes this big, bold wreath on the door, yes. it's so welcoming and it just you know, it just celebrates the holiday. So I love that. I think it should be in scale to the home, right? These are smaller wreaths. I think they're like 20 inches or so, but you know, I've, I have a home that I'm working on now and none of our wreaths are less than 36 inches. Oh wow! So it's a big home and there's multiple wreaths and there's multiple doors. So I really think keeping it in scale with the home is the, is the most effective way. Also, also elegant. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this. And again, if someone wanted to order this or hire you so you can come in, design their space where can they find you i am everywhere at plant live plant happy and the website is planthappy.com love it it's always great to hang out with rebecca you need to have friends like this because now as my best friend that means you're going to come over and decorate my space yes i would be happy to did you go over joel's i heard joel wanted to get joel is interested so we're going to have a conversation about that especially if you walk into a house (laughs) and just tying it back to real estate here before she goes when you have this in a property it makes that property a little bit more homey you walk into a space and it's empty you kind of feel like maybe i can't make it my home but these types of things really do add value so i really love it i'm glad that she was on the show today 
I love it, Rebecca. And you know, I love you. I'm a fan. So again and again, these are trustworthy professionals who are here doing and being creative to make sure that we elevate, right, our standard, our industry standard. One of the key things that when, when you're selling a property, it's supposed to be not an emotional transaction. You're supposed to buy it. And real estate is an investment vehicle. It's a commodity, but you have to live in it. You get to utilize it. So it's got to feel like home. I always tell my buyers, when you go into a space and you feel like, wow, this is where I want want to host the holidays. This is where I would love to tell my friends about. I want to share this with my friend um, that I found this spot and I got such a great deal. That's the property you want to buy, right? And that's true. I mean, that's the real case when you're looking at different properties. What I really liked about this here today was that we've talked about luxury. We've had several people on that are happy and loving what they do. And that's the number one thing. Here's a guy who's never sad. Tony P is here today. He's going to be on the show talking about what is happening coming up. So Tony, how are you? Doing great, Joe. How are you doing, man? Things are How'd you good. doing? Look at you. <laughs> I mean, Tony, do you always do that? How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I, I stole it from Joey Cibriani many years ago. <laughs> I love it. So what's stole happening in the scene? Um, well, first off, uh, we had our uh, inaugural Green and Shy event a couple nights ago, and it was a huge hit, if you will. Um, Whoa. Was... <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but Sorry. I'm sh- but <laughs> but uh, no, it, it was awesome. Over 300 people there. We had uh, a phenomenal slate of guest speakers. We had uh, Toy Hutchinson, the state senator, who pushed the bill through to become a law to legalize recreational cannabis in the state of Illinois. We had Jack Barugian, who's one of the top um, financial analysts in the world, and he's been doing a lot of work in the cannabis arena for the last couple of years on a global scale, not just in the North America. And then we also had uh, Christian Hagaseth, who is one of the top uh, entrepreneurs in the marijuana space for the last 10 years out of Denver, Colorado. We flew him in. He's got this great book called Big Weed. He was like signing autographs and hand them out. And uh, it was great because he's a guy who's been there, done that. And um, people were really excited to meet him because they got to see, okay, this is someone who's actually like what I want to do and I can learn from him and he can be a mentor, you know? So, uh, it, w- it was awesome. And, um, we're going to be doing more of these cause, uh, it was kind of a little experiment to see how the turnout would be and it exceeded expectations. So do tell us, because I know that we had talked to our production team about it, and we're always talking about events, but then our video doesn't get published till later, so we kind of miss the ones. Is there anything that's happening, like, next weekend that you could tell us about? Yeah, yeah. So so December 3rd is the next uh, Tony P event. We're doing it at Bodega, which I don't know if you guys have been there before, but it's kind of like a little little hidden gem inside a barrio on uh, Kinsey there. And uh, it's actually been a small event. It's be capped at 150 people. We typically have 300 to 400, but because it's early December and the holiday parties will be kicking in, we didn't want the stress of having to like fill a big place up. So we're like, hey, let's do something a little small and exclusive, and uh, you know, rock it out that way. So remember, if you're around December 3rd, you have to hit up to Bodega. Say hello to our friend Tony. It is always, always a pleasure, Tony. Thank you. So if somebody wanted to get more information and buy these tickets or get a, uh, get a ticket, where should they go? So if they go to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, just look up Tony P's networking events. Uh, all the information's there. And then just as a fun little bonus, the first person to go to our Facebook page and send me a direct message and just type in Bodega gets two free tickets to the event. Do it now. Do it right wow, now. That's Do it really now. Great, guys. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much for always sharing this information and giving us an ability to go, especially if somebody's starting in the business and may not have the funds to go to all these networking events, but do want to expand their network. Again, thank you so much for being so giving and giving us those those tickets and coupons. And can can I get a free ticket? Carla, you're always a free ticket. <laughs> I got you. I just like you saying, I got you. I got you. I got a guy. <laughs> I'm going to ask for a favor every single show. All the time. So he keeps Don't signing think- up for it. Thanks for coming on, man. It was really good to see you, and we are open to have you back. Okay. Thanks, guys. I do have to make one mention because uh, Rebecca had talked about throwing um, the wreaths in the landfill, and I wanted to point out that here in Chicago, we do have a nonprofit. You can go to dtrt-recycling.org. They will come pick up your Christmas trees and wreaths and get them uh, taken apart and put into where they can be mulched. Look um, at you. That's yeah. awesome. See, she's in the trenches giving us information. <laughs> Joel, what do you got? Well, guys, remember, Market Overdrive is on every other week, and it's a news and entertainment show, so we're not reporting 
reporters. We are literally practicing professionals. We're out there and we're doing it. So some of the people that we bring on are the best experts in the industry. Now, if you have a topic or you have somebody that you want to have on the show, email us marketing at marketoverdrive.com. Again, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook and follow on YouTube. And remember, if you have any of these, if, if you found any of these hot topics interesting, like opportunity zones or investing in this green rush, um, how do we do it? How do we market or sell a property that's a luxury listing? Reach out to us. Uh, you can DM me at uh, Carla at marketoverdrive.com, and we're always here to help you out. And if we can't help you, we will put you in touch or in front of the person that can definitely help you. We have an amazing attorney who was in the studio today, and she's a go-getter. Uh, we know she's young, but she's really aggressive, and she really knows her stuff. Yeah, we hope you got a little tidbit today, something you could put in your toolbox, and we look forward to seeing you next time. So always catch you next time. Thank you again, and have a good evening.